It's a great day, is it not? You know, today's just another day. And it's another day that the Lord has made. And the command is to rejoice and be glad in it. How many are glad today? Amen? Glad. No matter whether you like what's happened over the last couple of months with the elections and the inauguration today, whether you like it or you don't like it. Um, you know, one of the things that we don't do here is we don't preach politics. We preach the word. Amen. Amen. So you never, you know, you never hear us from the pulpit just getting behind one candidate or another. I mean, I'm not saying I don't have convictions and I vote for specific people and, and all that stuff. I do. You know, it, it's part of our responsibility to vote and to, and to believe the best in, in people. But, um, you know, there's a lot said out there. There's a lot of people that believe that this election was stolen. There's a lot of people believe that it wasn't. There's a lot of people that believe a lot of different things. And, and no matter what you believe, God is true. Amen? Amen? And, and God always wins. God always wins. One of the things that we speak all the time is that everything that is hidden is being brought to the light. You have to believe. There's no day like today that we have to be believers who believe. Not just go through the motions, but we believe that what we say comes to pass. Every lie is being exposed by the truth. And all darkness, every pocket of darkness is being uncovered by the gospel, the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No devil is going to win in this nation. Why? Because I'm here. How about you? Do you say that? Because you're here, right? Is that right? No, nobody's winning in this nation. I don't care what it looks like. So today, I just, as I was praying about the day, as I was praying for, as I do every day, all government officials in Washington, D.C. and across all the United States, as I was praying for all people, because the Bible says, first of all, pray for all people. Second of all, pray for all those who are in authority, not just the ones you like, but all those who are in authority, that you may live a peaceful and quiet life in all godliness and holiness. That's what God says happens. But that means you have to pray. You don't get peace and quiet when you complain. You can have an opinion, and, and I'll just tell you right now, out, out there, your opinion's about what a cup of coffee's worth at Hill Country Cafe. People really don't care. And I'll just tell you right now, what you really need to be concerned about is what God thinks. But have your opinions, have your convictions, stand for what you know is right, but at the end of the day... We have to trust God. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Isaiah 6, uh, 61, Isaiah 61 and verse 1. In Isaiah 60, in the first part of Isaiah 60, it says, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people. Okay, so as Isaiah is prophesying, he's in this time frame, which is what? It's the dispensation of the church age. Isaiah prophesied about our time. Our time that has been since Jesus left the earth. 
That's the time of the church to this point till everybody's gone. There's a new heaven and a new earth. So in the time we're living in, it's all been covered. It's been prophesied for over 3,000, 4,000 years. It's been prophesied that these things would come, come to pass and these things would happen in our time. Darkness would cover the earth and deep darkness the people but the Lord. Everybody say, but the Lord. We say it around here all the time. I remind you of it. You need to be reminded because everybody else is reminding you of all kinds of crapola. But the Lord. Amen? And then Isaiah 60 and verse 1, Isaiah is prophesying of what would happen and what would manifest as a result of Jesus coming. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, which is the church, to give them beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning, garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Well, Jesus took those first two verses of Isaiah 61, and right at the beginning of his earthly ministry, he, as was his custom, he went into the temple and he read that. And at the end of that, he said, today has this scripture been fulfilled in your hearing. Today, that day. That was over 2,000 years ago. He said, that this day, as I'm reading this to you, right at the beginning, right around his 30th birthday, right at the beginning of his earthly ministry, he said, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now, I want to remind you who he's talking about. God anointed him, and that anointing is on us to do what? Preach good tidings to the poor in every way. He sent me to heal those who are brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to those who are captive. And, and the captives are not just people you think are captive. The captive are people that don't think like God. You don't think like God, you're in captivity. I'm going to say it again. You don't think like God, you're in captivity. He's anointed us to release the captives. Not see people that don't think like we are as the enemy. See them as potential to win over in the things of God. That's why we have to pray. First of all, pray for everybody and everybody who's in authority. Covers everybody. First of all. First of all. We pray. He said we would be called trees of righteousness, the planning of the Lord that we may be glorified. Verse 8 says, For I, the Lord, love justice, and I hate robbery. I, the Lord, love justice, and I hate robbery for burnt offering. I will direct their work in truth and will make them an everlasting covenant. For as the earth, verse 11, for as the earth brings forth its bud... As the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth 
from all the nations. Remember, this is Isaiah prophesying about this time. You could say 100 years ago, that time. You could say 500 years ago, that time. You could say right after Jesus left the earth, that time. But he's talking about this time. And he's actually talking specifically about right now today. If the anointing that was on Jesus is on his church in this hour, the nations are going to rejoice. Because we serve King Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 He is the Lord. I'm telling you today, there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to be afraid of. Just be who we are and let business be as usual. And walk the walk, talk the talk, operate in the anointing, develop your relationship with God. You and I can handle anything that we face. I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. Because God's righteousness and truth will prevail in this day and hour. Can you say amen? And you know what? In the midst of that, you and I don't have to hate anybody. We don't have to, we don't have to like what people do. I promise you, you don't have to like it. But you don't have to hate people. You can pray for people. Can you say amen? amen? Never underestimate the power of the spoken word. Never underestimate the power of declarations over people's lives. Those things are what change whole nations. People that are willing to declare the word of God instead of put their mouth and ugliness on other people's lives. It doesn't work. I'm telling you today, this is the best day the church has ever known. Ever. Ever. Remember, Everything that's hidden is being brought to the light. Every lie, because God doesn't put up with robbery. Every lie is being exposed, being turned over. And all darkness being uncovered by the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Someone rejoice today. Glory to God forevermore. Amen? Well, that was just a free little message. Here's the one that will cost you. No, I'm teasing. Um. So we, we've been in a long series now on health and healing, talking about the manifestations of healing that happened in the ministry of Jesus, which there are about 19 or 20 of them. And uh, we're about down to the last two. I think this is, this is either the 13th or the 14th message. I thought it was 14, but maybe it's 13. But we've done like two a couple of times, and one time we did three in a message, but we're down to, I think this is number 18 that we've looked at um, <clears throat> of, the, of, the, of the documented healings in the ministry of Jesus. And um, this is a story, and it's actually mentioned in three of the, of the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And, and I actually want to read all three of them tonight and, and look at some things in this passage. And this is the in this is the healing of the blind men that were near Jericho. Healing of the blind men that were near Jericho. And, it, it, you know, I've, I've mentioned to you that of the 19 healings, faith in the individual that was healed is what caused them to become well. Four of the healings were the result of as the gifts of the Spirit, the manifestations of the Spirit that we teach on out of um, 1 Corinthians 12, the manifestations of the, the Spirit of God happen as the Lord wills them to happen. And four times we saw 
the, the, the gifts of healing in operation through the ministry of Jesus, and, and we saw the working of miracles in operation through the ministry of Jesus. And, and so we saw, we saw that in operation in four of, of these manifestations of healing, these documented uh, healings of, in the ministry of Jesus. We saw four of those that way, but then we saw obedience of the people that were healed then to do what he said do. They had to obey. And so, you know, one of the things that I, that I keep thinking about with anybody and everybody that experiences something in their physical body, that, and, and it's the reason that I chose to do this and stay with this, because the more you, he, you hear and you meditate and you hear preached, what happened in Jesus' ministry and that they were real healings. These aren't just fairy tales. This really happened in the ministry of Jesus, every one of these healings. And he said the works that he do, he said this, the works that I do, you'll do, and even greater works, because now I've gone to the Father, and now I'm at the right hand of the Father, representing you in all authority and all dominion. Now I give you the permission to use my name and cause the same things to happen and even greater things. He said we would do greater things than he did. we got to meditate on this. This has to become a part of us. We've got to believe this. Did you hear what I said? We have to believe this. So tonight, I'm just going to start with Matthew and then go to Mark and then end in Luke. <clears throat> So, so the first account is found in Matthew chapter 20 and verse 29. Now, as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road. Everybody say, two blind men. Two blind men, two, two blind men sitting by the road. He didn't say only two blind men. He just said two blind men sitting by the road. When they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. Then the multitude, the multitude, a bunch of people, warned them that they should be quiet. Why would they tell them to be quiet? They warned them to be quiet. So, so here's Jesus passing by these these couple of guys, maybe there were others that were there that were blind. You know, we don't have, have that for sure. But here are these guys going along, and they hear this commotion, and they say, what's going on? And, and, and in, in the, another account that we'll read, they told him that, that it was Jesus passing by. And these people yell, Jesus, have mercy on us. Ah, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Ah! And they, they said they even yelled louder. Watch. Then the multitude warned them to be quiet, but they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. So Jesus stood still, and he called them. He stood still and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened, so Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Everybody say immediately. immediately. 
Now, did Jesus stop because he had a witness from the Father? Why did he stop? said he stopped in his tracks. He stopped because they were crying out. They were crying out. And what did they say? Have mercy on us. You know, you, know, you know, from this account and so many of the others that we've read in here, you don't have to be all that sharp to be healed. You don't have to have a perfect life to be healed. What were they calling on? Jesus, I'm educated. I've lived a perfect life. <laughs> Have mercy on me. But for the grace and the mercy of God, where would any of us be? Amen. Does Scripture say that? Yeah. yeah. What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion. See, it was natural for Jesus to have compassion, but just compassion wasn't enough. There was something that he heard, and he touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. What I found is love heals. Love heals. Love heals you. Love heals. I'm going to say it about ten more times. Just think about it for a minute. Love heals. You walking in love, it will produce healing. The love of God that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that who would ever believe in him, not live a perfect life, but believe in him, should not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved that he gave. In spite of us and our fault, nobody in here, nobody in here, sitting in here tonight, or anybody that would ever sit in here, deserves to be healed apart from what God did through his son Jesus. But for the grace of God, none of us would even have opportunity. But, but, we have to receive and we have to act. What did Jesus, what caused Jesus to stop? Just people yelling? There were multitudes around. I mean, and there were multitudes of people that were screaming at these blind guys to be quiet. Was it just people yelling? I say no. Let's go to the next one. Mark chapter 10. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho, just like he did in Matthew, Matthew's account, 
And his disciples and a great multitude, with a, with a great multitude, wait, wait a minute. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, O son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Now, how could this be the same story? I thought there were two guys. Same story. One of the two was blind Bartimaeus. Maybe they just, you know, Mark's account, all he could see Maybe something about blind Bartimaeus. Maybe Mark knew Bartimaeus. Maybe Matthew didn't. It didn't say in the first one there was only two blind men, right? So there could have been a dozen. But these two in the first one and blind Bartimaeus was crying out for mercy. Crying out, stepping out in mercy. Now, I want to read this, I'm going to come back to this and finish this, but I want you to look at Romans chapter 10 real quick. Romans 10 and verse 11 says, For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew or Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who do what? Call upon Him. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Is that calling on Him? For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon Him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. That word saved there is saved, healed, delivered, totally set free. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be healed, we'll say, because of the story we're in right now. How then shall they call on him and who they've not believed? How shall they believe in him and whom they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? These guys, blind Bartimaeus, the other one, they heard something. Because they called on the name of the Lord. And what caused Jesus to be walking and go, and stand still, no matter everybody else, you know, be quiet. You know, Think about the, the, the multitudes telling them to be quiet. What does that represent? To me, the multitudes represent all the naysayers. Oh, be quiet. It's not going to work for you. It's not going to happen. You know, you're blind. You've been blind. You've been whatever. Constantly trying to convince you not to step out and believe God. 
after that, trying to keep him and them from doing it, what'd they do? No, I'm going to talk louder. I'm going to scream louder. Jesus, have mercy on me. There was faith involved. Why? Because look what Jesus said. Look what Jesus said back in, in, in Mark 10. <clears throat> so Jesus stood still, commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. <laughs> They just got through telling him to shut up, and now I said, be a good cheer. I mean, make up your mind. I mean, hey, don't get upset with the fickleness of humanity. Did you hear me? Don't get upset when people are one, they're saying this and saying that. that, that what would they say that and then come back and say, oh, be of good cheer, it's all great. Rise, he is calling you. You realize... Whoever these people were, they forsook Jesus. Because <laughs> everybody turned their back on him. Everybody turned their back on him. So these people that were following him, oh yeah, it's okay. It's the mobs, it's the masses. Now they changed their mind. No, now, now he, he's, it's going to be great. But then they changed their mind again because everybody turned their back on him. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and he said to him, what, 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 Why? I mean, the man's blind. Why would you ask the man this question? Isn't this a given? The man wants to be well. But what is Jesus looking for? Everywhere Jesus went, well, there was one thing he was looking for. What is it? Say it. Say it loud. He was looking for faith. Everywhere he went. He knew the answer. (laughs) But he was drawing this person into a place of not just getting well, but really believing that it was gonna his eyes were gonna open and they were gonna stay open. Jesus, he, he doesn't want us just to get well, he wants us to be well and remain well. That takes us believing the Word of God, top to bottom. What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, without any hesitation, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. Well, Rabbi, if you could see fit. I know I've made all these mistakes, and I know this has not been right in my life, and I know I shouldn't have done this, and I know I I could have done better here, and I know that, you know, probably I'm not worthy. You didn't see any of that. This guy already had it settled. Hmm? Maybe he had an uncle that was healed. Maybe something else happened and he was made well. Maybe, you know, he heard something. Because to believe, you have to have heard. So he heard, and he chose to believe. Listen, by this time, at, at this time in Jesus' ministry, he hadn't been around that long. So this guy heard some stuff. So whatever you hear and whatever you do with what you hear will produce what Jesus said it will produce if you believe it. No matter what you've ever done. 
Now, don't raise your hand when I ask you this question. But how many of you have ever struggled believing that Jesus would do something for you because of in spite? You struggled believing he would do something like healing or whatever it would be. You struggled believing he would do it because of the mistakes in your life. Most people I know struggle with that. This man had no struggle. Remember, he didn't yell out anything other than, have mercy on me. Man, you came to the right guy, full of compassion and mercy, looking for faith. And what did he say to him? The blind man said, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately, he received his sight and he followed Jesus. Immediately, his eyes were opened. That doesn't tell us. It doesn't tell us that blind Bartimaeus was blind from birth necessarily, but more than likely he was. So depending on how old blind Bartimaeus was, this is life-changing. This guy had faith that Jesus, what Jesus had preached was true and that it had come to pass. You realize we don't have to see him in the flesh. We don't have to have a visitation from an angel. We don't have to have a visitation from God himself. You can believe the word and get the same exact results. Same, same results. Why? Because this is real. This really happened. Can you say amen? amen? It truly happened. And then let's look at Luke 18. <clears throat> There's one thing in Luke 18 I want to point out. <clears throat> Luke 18 and verse 35. Then it happened as he was coming near Jericho that a certain man, blind, a certain blind man, sat by the road begging. So, <laughs> so, Matthew's angle was like way over here looking, okay? And he saw these two guys. Mark saw Bartimaeus, and, and Luke's focus was on this other guy. So, we got the two guys, and then the account of one of them, and this is the account of the other, maybe. We'll see. That a certain blind man sat by the road begging and hearing a multitude passing by, hearing a multitude passing by, he asked, what's going on? So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. Ho! Glory to God. My day has come. Huh? Man, my day, my day of manifestation, of deliverance and healing, it's here. Oh, be quiet, be quiet. Ah, no, my day is here. All the more he cried out, knowing that what Jesus had promised, he was able to do it. 
I mean, these people had heard Pharisees and Sadducees promise all these things that never come through. They'd never seen a healing. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe something by the grace of God happened, you know. Uh, but in the day before Jesus came, there was actually no prophet in the land, very, very little of any kind of prophetic ministry in the land. There used to be miracles and things happened through the prophets. But, but in, in leading up to the time of Jesus, there was nothing. And all they had was a bunch of dead promises. But man, he heard something about Jesus. He either was sitting or he had somebody wheel him over or carry him to wherever Jesus was preaching. And he had to have heard something. And he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who went down warned him that he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. Commanded him to be brought to him. Why? Because in his stillness, in his stopping in his tracks, he heard faith crying out. And and I'll just tell you, what what, what I want you to see from this is the, the crying out in our world today, it's not just crying out to God in the form of begging God to do something. It's acknowledging God's greatness and what he's already done. And staying with that and and shutting down every report, shutting down with my words and my declarations, every lie of the enemy, every negative report from people, somebody coming along telling me that something can't happen. No, it will happen. That's what these guys were doing. These people, hush, 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 hush. No, no, I'm not going to hush. My deliverance is walking by. And I believe he'll do it. And it stopped Jesus dead in his tracks. Alive in his tracks. Stopped him in his tracks. Bring him, carry, get him to me. That's what I'm looking for in the earth. I've got to, I, I don't have a lot of time and I'm looking for faith. I've got to have these examples so that one day gates of the city could read these. Man, he was looking everywhere for you and me. So, man, at Gates of the City, you know, on the 20th of January, 2021, we could read these stories and know that what God did for blind Bartimaeus and his buddy, he'll do for me. Whatever has come against your life, he'll do it for you. He cried out. And then Jesus asked him the same question again. What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight, followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, they gave praise to God. We win the nations. How how many know that God has given the nations as our inheritance? We win the nations 
because we have faith. You know, it used, to, it used to bother me all the time when people would say that people that taught faith believe that if anything bad happened to you, it's because you didn't have enough faith. And it used to really bother me because that's not true. But when you look at it from the way we teach it and the way we've talked about it, and you look at this situation right here, there was faith in that guy on purpose. <laughs> it wasn't something he had to work up. He heard Jesus teach somewhere because of what Romans 10 said. He heard Jesus teach. He chose to believe. And when he heard Jesus walking by, oh my gosh, I don't care what I have to do. I don't care what I have to do. That's my deliverance. When you hear the word taught, anything you hear tonight, anything you hear the word taught at any time, as you take that word, you receive it, you embrace it. What you're doing is you're overcoming unbelief. That's what that guy was doing. He screamed even the, the, the more loud. Screamed louder and louder. Why? To shut those voices down. Today, those voices of the naysayers, it's the enemy. It's the devil himself telling you, no, it's not going to work. No, you're not going to get that job. No, you can't. You, you couldn't do that. No, you can't overcome in this situation right here. No, you're, you're not going to win here. No, that, that's really not going to happen in your life. No, it is. When you know what the Word says, and you stand on the Word of God, and you don't let circumstances try to dictate what the outcome is going to be, bless God, you win. I'm telling you tonight, we're winners in every way. And where your health is concerned, where your physical body is concerned, I'm telling you, you and I have the same right to be well as blind Bartimaeus did. No matter what it is may not be blindness, whatever it is. You and I have the same right to be well. Can you say amen? amen. <clears throat> Just two things I want to say as I end this. <clears throat> it's not God's will for anybody to perish. It's not God's will for anybody to be sick. That's not popular in, in certain areas of the church to say something like that, but it has to be said because it's the will of God. It has to be said. Everything that is the will of God has to be said whether your head agrees with it or not. But what, because if, if it's not said to you that way, you're not challenged to find out what that really means. I'm not saying I totally know everything about it, but I've been on it for years and I've seen too many things happen and manifest to not believe that it's absolutely true. Not that anybody perish. <clears throat> but here's the thing. Blind Bartimaeus and his friend called on the name of the Lord. And Romans 10 says, all those who call on the name of the Lord will receive. But here's the deal, and this is why it's such a battle. Unbelief will not call 
on the name of the Lord. It won't do it. When you're when you're when you are riddled in unbelief, when you are held bondage by not believing what the word of God says, it will not call on the name of the Lord. I mean, how many other hundreds or even thousands of people were there where those two guys were on the side of the road? They weren't in Jericho, they were outside of Jericho, they were outside the town. But everywhere Jesus went, there were throngs, thousands, multitudes, it says. Thousands of people at times were just flooded around him. I mean, wouldn't it be that way today if somebody was, was demonstrating that every single place that they went? Yes. But that's available to the church, not just to an individual. There's no individual on the planet that will operate in the anointing that Jesus operated in. It's the whole church that operates in that anointing. The whole church that's why, the, that's why the church has to grow up. Because see, see, what happens with mankind is if, man, if an individual gets too much of that, it goes to their head. That's why it's for the church. That's why the church has to catch up and we have to become who we're created to be. In all the turmoil that we've experienced and the things that have come against us in this last year in 2020, a lot of the church has risen up, but a lot of the church hasn't. And it's vital to win the battle in, in, on planet Earth. It's taking the church. Well, it's that, just that remnant hid away. No, no, no. Then the glory goes to the remnant. No, the glory is to be on the church. That's why we've got to love each other in spite of each other. That's why I got to accept each other, even if you don't like something people do or the way they do, or well, you know, they don't think like we do, you know. Oh, yeah. No, just get over it. Because it's going to take the church to win it. You realize the church of Jesus Christ is the majority on the planet. Whether people believe that or not, the church is the majority. We are the majority. You say, well, you know, there may be more. There, there may be more millions or maybe an, a, a billion that are not, you know, a billion more that are not born again. Yeah, but it doesn't take numbers. It takes agreement. So when the church, when the church is in agreement, then we outnumber it. No matter. So you say, well, there's 40% of the, 40% of the planet is born again. Okay. But if 40% are in agreement and we're flowing, <laughs> we're the majority <laughs> because, see, we're not, we're not connected to the natural. We're connected to the spiritual. That's why it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger, and our influence is getting stronger and stronger because the church is getting in agreement in spite of our differences. Remember, the anointing is for the church, not for one individual, not for pastors or what. It's for everybody. God has an order in the way things are set up. We see it clearly. We operate in that. But it takes the anointing to make the difference in, in everything that goes on. I'm telling you today, you and I have, we, we have the right to be well because of what our Savior, Jesus Christ, has done and accomplished. What he did for blind Bartimaeus and his friend, 
he's already done for you and I. That was on that side of the cross. They got that immediately, even before the whole thing was manifested. On this side of the cross, we have greater access. That's why greater things will happen through us. Everybody say they will. Everybody say they are. Now. Amen. Not, not later, but now. Everywhere we go, the anointing of God is on our lives. We believe it.